Thanks very much for uh, reading for us. Um, good to uh, be with you to look at this final psalm uh, in the book of the Psalms. Um, and uh, at the risk of encouraging a little bit of um, uh, participation, um, it is significant, isn't it, the way that a book ends? Um, or at least it should be significant. Um, so, see if you can recognize the book. Okay, ready? Yeah, it's an easy one to start with, get you going. Uh, it's a far, far better thing that I do than I have ever done. It is a far, far better rest that I go to than I have ever known. Tell it is very good, Eric, straight in. Okay, how about this one? The creatures outside look from pig to man and from man to pig and from pig to man again. But already it was impossible to say which was which. Animal Farm, very good, Robin at the front. Okay, those, those were easy ones, a little harder, ready? So we beat on, boats against the current, borne back ceaselessly into the past. And very good, Julian knew it as well. Yeah, very impressed, literary crowd. See, I mean, good endings, I mean, a good ending to a book does something pretty significant. Um, of course, there are lazy endings to books as well. And they lived happily ever after would be a moderately lazy ending to a book. Or, and it turned out it was all a dream. I mean, that's a very sort of convenient way of sort of all the loose ends now don't need to be dealt with by whichever author had uh, decided to do that. I think I probably ended most of my school day essays with something like that. So there's a lazy ending to a book, just sort of, you know, wrap it up. We need something to finish it off. And there are poignant, significant endings to books. Well, it won't surprise you to know that that I think that this ending to the book of the Psalms is really significant. There's no accident that the book, the whole book of the Psalms ends with a crescendo of praise. That the Hallel Psalms, Hallelujah, praise the Lord, uh, builds up and up and up uh, to this climactic final psalm. So I want us to, to reflect on the significance and the character uh, and the focus of this praise uh, that comes in this final psalm. So let's think about uh, praise. First, the significance of praise. Um, you, you don't need to answer this one out loud. But um, if I were to ask... What is the purpose? What's the great purpose of the Bible? What is is the whole of Scripture trying to achieve in you and I? I wonder what answer we would give. Uh, I mean, I suppose we could say, well, it's trying to inform us about God. And of course it is. um, But we would have some sense of a sort of, a bit unsatisfactory that it's just a sort of information book, as if encyclopedia. Do come in if you'd like to join us. You're very welcome. Mm, She's gone. Um, do you want to go and find out who she is? See if she's, see if she's yeah, I don't know, feel, feel a bit miserable, her just coming in and then walking out again. Um, um, you know, for it to simply be a book of, of information, data, it's a sense that surely it must have something more uh, for us than that. Okay, so, so press on a bit further. Uh, maybe it, the whole purpose of the Bible is to bring about obedience, to, to make us people who obey the Lord God, know how he would have us live and do it. Well, that's a bit better. 
Um, but we sense that that still falls slightly short. And I think the better answer would be to say that the, the point of the whole sweep of Scripture is to stimulate in us Psalm 150. Is to draw out of us this response of adoration and praise. That we might arrive at the point where we don't find God frightening or intimidating, but we find him excellent. We find him worthy of adoration. Now, Actually, the, the idea of, of adoration is not, is not really that unfamiliar to us. We, we do it all the time. Uh, we don't usually give it that name. Um, but we will frequently extol the virtues of something. Yeah, I can do it um, in relation to a holiday I've been on. Uh, and I'll extol the virtues of this particular holiday destination. I can certainly do it about a film that I've seen and really enjoyed. Uh, or a book that I've read. Um, and I, I will tell you how brilliant it is. Um, we might do it in relation to a singer that we've heard or an artist whose work we've enjoyed. We describe its excellence. We praise it. We say that it is wonderful. The purpose of the Bible is that we might find God excellent that we might find him worthy of adoration. But understand that if, if the book of the Psalms is leading to this climax, um, and if we ourselves are being drawn to this great purpose that we might praise God, adore him, it isn't because of any psychological need in God. It's not as if we, we should imagine that there's God sat up in heaven thinking to himself, gosh, it's lonely up here. Um, I wonder if I could create some creatures who could sing me a few praise songs to, to help pass eternity. Of course it's not. God is complete in himself, satisfied in his Trinitarian oneness. But... Nevertheless, we, his creatures, are created to praise him. That is our vocation. We do what we are intended to do when we adore and praise the one who made us. So it's significant that the book of Psalms ends with this call to praise. Uh, and then, secondly, notice that the focus for this praise. Um, we read uh, in verse 1, praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Um, the sense is that, that even in that heavenly realm uh, to which currently we have no um, physical access, uh, even in that heavenly realm, uh, the creatures that God has made there. It's, it's as if the, the psalmist is encouraging even them to join in the chorus of praise. Uh, it is right that the heavens above 
the sanctuary where God dwells, should be filled with praise to him. Because he is worthy of praise. And and the challenge for us is to turn, as it were, our tendency to praise things in the horizontal into praise in the vertical. I've mentioned the way in which we find it possible to praise all sorts of things um, uh, that have been created. Um, A singer, an artist, a, a holiday destination or whatever. But the Bible tells us that when we are, in that sense, worshipping, adoring only uh, these things in the horizontal as if they were our ultimate focus for worship, then we are committing uh, idolatry. We have to turn that tendency to praise into a vertical direction. And the Bible is a record of God's greatness in order that, that we might do that. It's a record of his acts of power. Uh, See verse 2. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. And the Bible provides for us a catalogue, a historical overview of all of the many ways that God has revealed his surpassing greatness. You and I weren't there at the creation. We didn't see God's surpassing power at work as he said, let there be light and there was light when he said, let the waters above separate from the waters below, and it happened. We weren't there to see it. We weren't there uh, to see the parting of the Red Sea. We weren't there to see Christ in the stable. We weren't there when the storm was still, or when Christ cried in agony on the cross. You and I weren't there to gaze into the empty tomb and to come to the astonishing realisation that Christ had risen from the dead. But, but all of this and more is recorded in the pages of the Bible in order that we might know the great things that God has done. In order that we might know what kind of God God is, that he's not distant, he's not remote, that he is a God who has come near and has revealed himself in glorious might. He's shown his power in creation. He's shown his power in salvation. And he's made us see that he is worthy of praise for all that he is and all that he's done. So we've seen the significance of praise, that it is what we were made for. We've seen the focus uh, for our praise. Uh, It happens uh, both on earth and in the sanctuary, the heavenly realm above. And that it is a praise for God's acts of power for his character as a great and glorious God. And then finally, um, the longest chunk, um, the character of this praise. Verse 3. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourines and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Every pretty much every single instrument that uh, might have existed in um, Hebrew praise is here. Uh, Quiet instruments, loud instruments. Classic instruments, rather more informal instruments. Kind of instruments that we use privately in the home 
and those that would have been used grandly on state occasions. It's clear, isn't it, from the flavour of it that this isn't a a kind of formal, restrained, sombre praise, uh, but a worship that is heartfelt, overflowing with joy. Uh, We haven't uh, uh, yet moved to tambourines and dancing here, but uh, uh, this psalm would encourage us to, wouldn't it? It's that exuberant, that unrestrained. Uh, And we do know about this. It's not alien to us. Um, You think about some of the expressions of praise. Um, Think of the chanting of a football crowd at a big sporting event. Think about the intimate whispers of a lover for their beloved. Their styles vary, but the intensity of the expression of adoration, the heartfelt expression of adoration for the object of our praise. The Lord is this good. It's right that we should praise him. It's right that everything that has breath should praise him. Do you remember um, that moment recorded in the Gospel accounts when Jesus arrived uh, in Jerusalem and the crowd sang hallelujahs, praise the Lord. Um, uh, They sang their worship songs. Um, And and they were songs that were kind of rightly directed towards uh, the Messiah. Um, And the teachers and the uh, the Pharisees um, were cross. And they told Jesus to tell his disciples to stop singing. Do you remember what Jesus said? He said, if they don't sing praise then the rocks themselves will cry out. If those of us that have breath fail to praise Jesus Christ, then the rocks that have no breath would have to take our place. He is that worthy of praise. He is that excellent I'm going to read the psalm again, and then, um, and then actually we're going, to, we're going to change the last. I, I want us to respond with praise, um, and uh, I think the the final hymn that we are scheduled to sing um, will serve our purpose better as a response of praise. So, with your permission, um, uh, I'm going to ask us to turn to the final hymn uh, on the last page of the service order uh, for our song of praise. Let me read the psalm again, and then Julian's ready, we'll stand and sing. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and lyre. Praise him with tambourine and dancing. Praise him with the strings and pipe. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding symbols. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.